Are you looking for a resource to discuss all topics air conditioning? Well, you're in the right space. Join the Rawson boys as they discuss the hot topics and the cold hard facts. This is the Air Conditioning Podcast. G'day guys and welcome to another episode of the Air Conditioning Podcast where we discuss all things air conditioning, the hot topics and the cold hard facts. Brad, and here we are for round 24. Round 24. 24 wow. it is, yeah. Jeez, yeah. yeah. Up there. And I'll tell you what, today <laughs> is going to be a belter. It is. Of a show. We're excited. We are very, very excited. And uh, we'll get into that just uh, in just a few minutes. But brief COVID update. Because we haven't done one for a couple of weeks. Globally, guys, uh, 20, uh, sorry, 33.2 million cases uh, globally, 999,000 uh, deaths tragically, and 23 million recovered. In Australia, 20, uh, 27,000 cases, 875 deaths, and 24,400 recovered. And we're not at the end of it yet. Not at the end of it. The last 24 hours, though, some positive signs, Brad. We've had. Um, 455 cases um, across the country, but in the last 24 hours, we've only had five new cases yeah. out of Victoria, which is great news. So the lockdown in uh, Victoria is finally working yep. and uh, things are, are looking good. So that said and done, let's get on the show. And uh, like I said, we have got a belter. We've got a legend on the show today. We've had some, some good guests on the show, am I right? We've just taken it up a notch. Yeah, yeah. And uh, guys, uh, Tommy Mello uh, is the owner and operator of A1 Garage Door Service, the host of the Home Service Expert podcast, one that we listen to frequently. Very regularly. Yeah. Owner and partner or investor in 14 other businesses, ranging from Christmas lights to real estate to mobile apps. In 2007, Tommy became the sole owner and operator of a, a single Phoenix-based garage door service business, Brad, which came with $50,000 in debt. Today, A1 Garage uh, generates north of $30 million. Wow. $30 million in the annual revenue with over 250 employees in 12 states. That's amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring to you, it's Tommy Mello. Tommy Mello. Hey guys, excited hey. to be here. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Australia. Much. Yeah, it's great to be down under. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> have, you, have you been down this neck of the woods? I haven't, but I've got plans. Once this whole virus blows by, I'll be out there sometime, hopefully next year. That'd be Brilliant. Great. We'll, we'll uh, take you out for dinner. Yeah, I love that. What are you? Are you guys in um, Sydney or Melbourne or what are you? No, we're, we're south of that. We're in Adelaide. In okay. South South Australia. Gotcha. God's country. <laughs> oh, good. Hey, I'll, I want to go to the whole country. I've heard of yeah. things. Oh, you'll love it, mate. You'll yeah. love it. Uh, now, mate, um, I'd love to hand the reins to you. And uh, if you, for those who perhaps have not heard of Tommy Mello and, and the brilliant work that you guys have done, uh, please, your stage is yours. We'd love to, to, to speak to our audience. Yeah, well, I, um, I started A1 about 15 years ago. I, uh, I've made every mistake you can imagine times 10 and uh, learned the hard way. So I decided to start a podcast and write this book, Home Service Millionaire, which, which I got a lot of special people in the book. I got Al Levy. He helps us really figure out how to do uh, my manuals. So you guys know I'm a big fan of having manuals. Absolutely. And uh, learn the manuals, learn how to do financial quick checks, learned how to dial in my CRM, really learn how to play performance pay, uh, pay performance pay. And uh, just really, like I said, I, I think the fact that I've been podcasting, I've made really good friends. I've raised the bar on my friends who I talk to a lot as far as business goes. And uh, it shows, you know, we're, we're, we're going to hopefully bring home the bacon this year with about 8 million in the bank, which uh, I started bragging a lot more about how much I put away than the revenue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because a lot of people, you hear how much revenue they do. They never put any money in the bank. So right. we've, we've done well on that. And, and actually, that is really how much money we'll have 
in the bank this year. So that's a real number that even though we're reinvesting a lot of money, that's still money in the bank. So I've learned to uh, just dream about scaling this business to be the largest garage door company in the world, but starting with North America. So I'd love to get out to Australia. I'd love to be in England, love to be in mostly English speaking countries, but who knows, maybe we'll end up in uh, Asia. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so Tommy, what was your, what was your motivation to get you started on this journey? You know, my dad, it was always a business owner for, for a lot of my life. He owned a transmission shop and uh, you know, when I was a kid, they got a divorce and I just learned to be kind of a self provider. I mean, it's not like they didn't have the money to put food on the table or, or give me nice clothes. Cause it wasn't like I grew up and I wasn't completely poor, but I really didn't want to bother them. So I started shoveling snow and mowing lawns in Michigan. And then the next step was washing dishes when I was 12. And I liked being, I liked being able to make money. So I knew a long time ago, I don't mind working for other people. I've had several jobs, but, uh, I knew that if I wanted to make it in the level that I wanted to make it in, I had to be a self-starter and start something. So started out with the landscaping business when I moved to Phoenix and um, I got pretty good at landscaping, even though I'm allergic to grass, which was a tough one. But uh, no, I, I really, I've learned a lot and I, I was a bus boy. I was a bartender. I was a server. And I, I think a lot of my experience came from the hospitality industry. Just you learn how to work with different people, some of them you don't like, some of them could be kind of mean and uh, really learned a lot about personality back then. And uh, it served me pretty well, but I think the biggest thing um, that really helped me out was exploring the fact that I've recognized I'm a student for life. And that even if I think I know the answer, I still call 10 people that I could confide in. And I think that's the secret sauce is I find somebody smarter than me. I try to be the dumbest guy in the room and um, I try to be a jack of no trades, a master of one. So I kind of got rid of the blinders and the distractions. And that's yeah. what led me to where I am today. And, you know, the money's great, but um, the people, I know this sounds cliche, but when you really hit success, it becomes more about the people and the legacy than it does about the money. Yeah. Having uh, 250 employees uh, wouldn't be easy, I wouldn't have thought. Yeah, well, we've got well over 300 now, but ultimately I'm still in the fetal stages. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm the smallest I'll ever be and the biggest I've ever been. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And, and, and as Brad said, you know, what, 300 employees, it's uh, nothing to be sneezed at. But um, I guess that's, that's just a reflection on the importance of systems, Tommy. Yeah, actually, I got a buddy of mine visiting from Texas, and, and he just told me he's really impressed by the way everything's got standard operating procedures, systems, checklists. There's uh, we inspect what we expect is what you guys have probably heard me say is I really like uh, everything is a system, even out the way we recruit people, the way we train people. And my main goal is to have an expected outcome, even if it's not an A plus 100%, 10 out of 10. I like it to be up there. If as long as I measure everything, you could fix it. And I've got, you know, I've got all these soft, these logs everywhere. I've got, this is a time journal that I just got a new one. This right here is a health journal. So it's, it's all about mental health and little practices for mental health. And, and obviously you could tell I read a lot, but um, I listen to a lot of books too. So, so you gotta, you gotta keep score if you want to win. Otherwise you don't know the score of the game and how do you know if you're winning or losing? So I'm a big fan of uh, the CRM helps me keep score. And then my manuals are how to play the game. So everybody here is mostly on performance pay for the most part, which I think, allows everybody to win. And I really like competitive people. I mm -hmm. really think it's important to have that aspiration to be number one. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. We've, we've taken a lot of um, inspiration from your, um, from, from listening to, I uh, listened, read your book now for the second time and uh, listened to your podcast, which is, is fantastic. Um, uh, home service expert. Um, when you talk about doing the systems, it's, it, for, for, for someone who's just new to coming to learning about turnkey solutions and, and writing manuals for each role and procedure, where do you start? Where, where, would, the, where, where would you recommend the, the right place to start is if you're just starting out with the systems? Well, first, 
you want to have every role laid out that you need in the company. Then you want to determine what role you're going after and say, really, what can that individual influence within the company? So really, a lot of times I've made mistakes and think, oh, that person could help get re good reviews. Well, that's not a good determining factor sometimes. It's really, what do they have 100% of the influence in? And if it's something that's next, for example, I can't give my CSR a, a bonus structure or, or a performance-based structure that's built on how well the ticket, the conversion rate goes, because really they don't have a lot of influence. It's the guy that rings the doorbell that influences that key yeah. performance indicator. So I think whiteboarding, uh, I'm a big fan of, uh, I don't know if you can see, but I got yeah. a huge yeah. whiteboard in there. And uh, I got one, I got a whiteboard in my kitchen as well. So <laughs> I'm, I'm a whiteboarder for life. I, I write down everything. I make ideas in my mind and then I put them on there and, and I'm a dreamer. The dream became a vision and the vision becomes reality. Mm -hmm. And I know that's kind of off topic, but really just focusing on what they can influence. And I think the time that I really learned is when somebody sat down and they came in for their annual review and I gave them a raise and I said, that's kind of bull crap. I said, just because they've been here for a couple of years, doesn't, you know, they've got tenure doesn't mean they should make more than the person that's kicking butt. And then I had a guy make a lot of money one day that, that was more on a performance pay in the field. And he made, you know, well over a hundred grand. And I said, yes, I got so excited. I was like, dude, you killed it. You made so, so much money. So I said, no longer am I going to be excited about the performance pay and not excited about the hourly. So we've worked on systems to create really, really good pay structures to, for me to get excited and all the managers that get excited when somebody makes a lot of money. They should, we should all jump for rejoice and jump yeah. for joy when they, when they win. And I love it when you could win and I like it when you lose too, because when you lose, you quit. I don't want to make an environment for someone to stay here if they're not winning the game. And I think a lot of businesses do that. And that's why they tend to get people that stick around or never leave. And, and they tend to have very minimal good results. Yeah. I'm interested to know um, with your manuals, how, how detailed are they? How, what, to what level do, the, do they go to? Um, for let's you, say a, te a, a, a technician. I'll read a section here. Yeah, um, cool. We'll go into the, uh, the technician. So I've got transportation. I've got the required meetings, time off attendance, absentee policy, um, our mutual goal to provide guidelines and assistance on what is acceptable attire for work so that you can project a professional image. We've got raincoats, frigid weather hats, hats, belts, normal shirts, jewelry, tattoos, personal grooming, guidelines on service calls, payment policies, um, everything from general procedure to how to follow after completion of the work. Yeah. This is really Al Levy's bag, but he, you know, we took Al Levy's stuff and just made it our own, but callbacks, everything's in here and then install heavy, loading up at the warehouse, arrival at the job site, removing an existing door, sectional removal, wood door removal, one piece, everything's here outlined. And some of these are 50 pages. And then in the back, there's a little index that shows kind of where you can find anything. So yeah. you can look in your manual. And what I like about it is you can pretty much find most of the answers. It's the 80-20 rule. 80% of what you're going to do is in the manual. And if you read it and you read it often, you know how to play the game. You understand the rules. You sign off on the rules. And it's not supposed to be a punishment. It's supposed to create an expected outcome. Yeah. Some of it's more HR type, you know, with tattoos. I had a guy show up with knuckle tattoos and I was like, dude, you know, you're in front of our customers and our clients and I don't care about knuckle tattoos, but a lot of people read that the wrong way. Mm -hmm. So we ended up suspending him. Um, but, but, you know, my goal is not to fire people. It's just to show them here's what we want. And if you do what we want and they've got a, a lot of people have a lot of say in the manuals because they're in the fight every day if this is their sole job, if they figure out a way or have an idea, we're open to it. It's a living, breathing document. Yeah. But yeah, everything's in the manual. I mean, the majority of your day, but not the one-off stuff. It's like the guy that said, well, what happens if I wore a seatbelt and I, I didn't wear a seatbelt and I lived? Well, that's a one in a million. And it's true that it could happen, but we don't want, you know, you always got that guy that sits in the back of the room yeah. and I'm like, yeah. yeah, I take those questions offline. <laughs> 
Exactly. And, <laughs> and, and what detail do you go into in terms of the, do you, do you sort of instruct in dialogue and, and they have scripts as such as well, or is it just? So there's a little bit of scripting, not in these manuals. That, those are more in my learning management system, but a lot of the stuff is how we answer questions uh, more in the call center and the dispatch. And then we've got a lot of personality profiling things as far as how the technicians, I walked in earlier and one of the guys, there was two guys out there and they were role playing with them. And I said, are you guys role playing? And they said, yeah. And I started to listen outside of the garage and I was like, yes, there's nothing better than role playing. And these guys are doing real life scenarios on how you say it. And they're like, stop, let's redo this. When they say this and, and your body posture, what's this and your tonality, your eye contact, your, just your positioning. You know, if I'm talking to a woman, I tend to stand with her like this. So if I'm talking to a man, I square up. There's a complete difference of how I do things. And I'm trying, you know, we, we, we wrote these things down. The goal is pull this out of our minds and get it onto paper so other people can learn it. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you take it, uh, um, that uh, people just know this stuff, but they, they don't. Well, a lot of times they go, you know what? I was doing this the whole time, but I didn't know it was called something. You know, I read a book or something and they call it like positioning or, yeah. or, or just, you know, body language. And I didn't realize. So for me, I think it's super important. And I'm like the other day on my morning mojo call, I was like, let's try to smile three times more than we smile normally. Let's just focus on smiling. And um, would you believe it or not? We had our best day that day ever in the history of the company. So that's interesting. And, and going back to your employees, mate, you're talking about 300 employees. You, you have a, a pretty stringent training um, system and, and an employment uh, procedure. How many, there's an amazing figure that I heard that you're employing each week. What's, can you give us, share, share us that figure? So right now we have, um, I'm kind of disappointed. We only have 30 people coming in on the... Uh, the 10th of October, but right now we have about 35 that are about to graduate in the beginning of next month. Those are just technicians. Um, my goal is uh, to get to 65 technicians in January and then increase five technicians a month. So 65, 70 in February, 75 in March and continue at that rate. And it's more about consistency mm -hmm. and making sure we don't make the same mistakes twice. So. When they come in, I want them to have a firm agenda. It's almost like a syllabus. I want them to understand each thing that they're going to learn. And people live uh, or they, they learn at different levels. So if you could pass my tests and get out quicker, I'm fine with you going out in the field. But part of it is I set them up in a brand new, awesome truck. We got the best software, I think, in the industry. We've got the best cell coverage and the roaming software. We've got the best hardware. We give the guys the best tools in the industry. I mean, far by none. There's no one that even comes close to the tools we give the guys. Brushless impacts, every single tool you would need to be successful. And I don't spare a dime. I don't try to make a good deal. I'm just like these guys, the best gloves, the best eye protection. Um, I just found out that they made a, 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 an add-on kit for the trucks that'll keep you in the lanes. It'll automatically break. It warns you if you're going into a blind spot. So I said, how much? And they said, it's a little over a thousand. I said, I don't care what it costs actually. Yeah. Buy them for every single truck because I didn't know you guys offered this. And um, for me, that's a small price to pay to keep these guys safe. I've got reverse cameras. They see forward and backward. You could hear everything that goes on the truck. Not because I don't trust my guys, but because I want to have proof if anything did yeah. happen that they were doing their job. So we've got a lot of drivers training, but the point is they've got the best of the best. If there's anything better than anybody could find, I'll buy it. I just want my guys to know that we are the Taj Mahal. There's no one better than us. We want to make you know that your guys is your number one and your yeah. safety, the way we treat our clients are the way that we want to be treated. And, you know, I want you to do what's right. What would you do for your mom? I say yeah. my mom moved in a house about shoot now, 18 months ago, I went and I replaced her brand new Springs. I put an op bracket. We put a second strut. I put a better opener. You know, I made sure it was safe for mom. My mom, has to go to doctor's appointments here and there. And I want to make sure if she ever needs to get out, it's going to work for her. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I want to go to work for you. <laughs> <laughs> Come on out. <laughs> so how, um, I, I know that you are very, um, 
a firm believer of being having incentivised um, employees. And uh, how do you sort of um, locate good quality uh, employees? I mean, we're we're looking at the moment. It's very difficult to to, to find good people. How do you go about that, Tommy? So. Here's a good lesson here is a lot of people will spend a lot of money in marketing, but they don't spend any money when it comes to marketing to new employees. And I believe you should be spending a lot more time, energy, and focus, especially me being a marketer. I used to think I need to be a lead generation machine. Now I'm like, I need to make this a melting pot of great people because great people, they, they have higher conversion rates, better tickets, better reviews, more uh, references for, for jobs and referrals. So. I think the key is I'm all over social. I'm on every job board. I ask every customer if they know anybody. We're building a new sign for the front building, always hiring. Uh, getting all your employees to be mini recruiters. Yeah. I get $1,500 uh, if you bring in someone that we hire. So I think the key is creating an environment where we're always hiring amazing people and everybody knows, and we can't talk about it enough. When you're, when you're with a customer, when you're at, at a good restaurant and you see somebody smiling and bending over backwards, when you're going to get your hair cut, are you talking about it? Because you can make a lot of money. If you get one person a month, that's $18,000 in your pocket for the year. Yeah. Yeah. That is a nice down payment on a house. Yeah. So I think uh, it's, it's creating the environment and the culture of always be recruiting. Yeah. Mm. yeah for you sure. know, last night, this is a secret. Um, yesterday I went on Facebook and I found some competition big national companies and I, I Facebooked a lot of them. And I had a guy come through here today and I think he's gonna come work here. And um, so I, I get, you know, I don't mind cause it's a national company. I'm not like, it's not a mom and pop that I'm stealing from. And, and I pay a lot better. And he goes, I go, hey, give me your phone number so I can give you a buzz. He goes, I don't know you. And I said, do me a favor, look me up in a good way. Look up my company and let me come give you a tour. He's like, oh my God. He's like, this is cool. He's like, I think I want to work for you. So, and you know that for me, it's installers take a lot more time to train than, than technicians. And I, I, I think they're both amazing. And I, I can't say enough. I like, I like grooming technicians from the ground up. And I like taking the guy that's got a little bit of installation uh, behind him and then teaching him the A1 way. Yeah, yeah. So in your uh, podcast, you, you uh, mentioned quite a lot that you look to the HVAC industry to, to get ideas and, and, and on how to, how to uh, scale and grow. Is that, is that right? Yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no better industry than HVAC plumbing electrical, HVAC in specifically. Um, HVAC is the industry leader when it comes to all home services. Yeah, right. Do you have, do you have an HVAC company? I do not have an HVAC company and I don't plan on getting one. I like the fact, I'll tell you what I like is you can take what you learn in an industry and apply it to another one and dominate. I love garage doors because I'm an advanced operator. Yeah. I'm taking other industries like the Jay Abraham talks about this a lot or Jay Abrams. And basically I'm taking stuff right now from pest control, HVAC and solar and a couple other industries and putting them into mine and really elevating the industry. I'm gonna be speaking at the next International Door Association, hopefully, which is a massive national group. And I don't know for sure if they're gonna allow me to, but they really liked what I had to say. And I said, I'm not coming there to brag anything or even talk about A1. My plan would be to elevate our industry to the next level because I benefit if everybody else elevates to this level. It's not just me, but I feel like right now I play, I, you guys might've heard me say this, but I'm playing chess when everybody else is playing checkers. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, and uh, do you still, you still uh, refer back to your, uh, your mentors, I, um, Al Levy and so forth to uh, throw some ideas back at them? Yeah, I mean, I talked to Al Levy several times a month. I've talked to Ken Goodrich, Ken Haynes. Uh, I've had several conversations with my buddy Keegan in Florida. Um, I talked to guys in Michigan. I mean, I just had Tom Howard out from Service Titan. I've talked to Ara several times, the CEO of Service Titan. I was on the phone Friday with Vi, the co-founder, who's the best developer you've ever met. I mean, we're always learning and, and tossing ideas around each other. And, and then the podcast has really helped 
with, with from service Titan was one of the biggest things that really put me in the room with these people. And then as I started to get more and more listenership, people started wanting to hear, um, people would come on the podcast more. They said, you know what? Uh, we've heard your podcast. You're out to help the industry. They found out I'm not like, I don't make a lot. I don't make any money from it. So I, I'm kind of selfish because I get to ask all the questions I want to hear and learn from them. But yeah. uh yeah, the podcast has been an integral growth yeah. growth for survey one. Yeah. You get a lot of a lot of downloads on the on the podcast? About twenty five thousand downloads a month. Whoa. I want to hit a hundred thousand. Remember you gotta inspect what you expect. So <laughs> yeah. my goal is to get to a hundred thousand a month. Yeah. We're gonna set our goals a bit higher, I think. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're looking at we're looking at ten thousand at the moment. Yes. So. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Thank you, hey. Hey. It's huge. So yeah. You got to start somewhere, don't you? You do, you do. And I just want to ask you, Tommy, with um, being so successful in, in, in business and uh, in life, um, you do a lot to help other people, and by means of your your, your book and uh, your podcast. And why do you, why do you continue to do that? Do you, I mean, people would say you could with eight million bucks in the bank, you could go and sit under a tree and drink my ties. <laughs> What's the motivation to keep you going? You know, there's something that I don't know what it is and I can't put it into words, but I feel like not only does it come back to me full circle, but there's something to be said about helping people become better dads and mothers and becoming better sons and becoming better fathers and mothers. Uh, just whatever that is, I, whatever it is, there's something special about it. And, and I can just tell you that the calls I get, the emails I get, the messages on Facebook I get, and, and and you know we're getting a lot more involved with charity and philanthropy and and uh, I didn't mean for this to happen, but every time I do a blood drive or go give to charity, like we 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 benefit. Right? We're on the news, and I, I I'm not trying to do this stuff, but you know it's crazy what happens. And now we've made it a place that people want to come here because they realize that we want to give back, and uh, I think it's pretty special and. I think now I'm thinking a lot more about a legacy than I am about making money. And uh, when you can change the whole paradigm in which w the way you think, it's pretty special because, um, you know, I don't need to work really, I guess. I, I, I can't imagine myself not waking. I wake up in the middle of the night and start whiteboarding. The other day, my girlfriend's like, who are you texting? I was like, uh, I'm just taking notes. She's like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> you actually sleep? <laughs> Oh, I get up sometimes and I'm just, I get really excited about um, ideas that I have. And sometimes it just comes to me. The worst place is in the shower. Cause I'm like, all right, I gotta remember this. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, nice. Can't put it down on paper. Yeah. yeah. You know, next year I'm hoping to give it bare minimum a half a million dollars to charity, but I, I'd like to give closer to 750,000. And uh, you know, it's, it's really good charities and, and the people that work here are starting to see that we give, you know, we, we set a record of how many uh, mills that we packed the other day. So uh, it's just cool seeing what happens when, when it's just getting involved in the community, man. And it's like, there's a lot of ancillary benefits to doing it too. It's like you kill 10 birds with one stone, but it's really about helping people. And when it truly comes without that, get something in return, it just kind of happens. It's like, and a lot of people don't have that because they've never done it. And it, it becomes like um, not only very, very good for your heart, but it becomes contagious within the, within the company. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just curious to know, mate, just ch change uh, topic a little bit. Um, I'm not sure if it's the same over there, but in, a, in Australia, what we see, particularly in our state here, is um, because there's so many people doing HVAC, we find that there's a lot of people doing it. And um, it seems that there's one of the biggest um, uh, forms of, um, what do you call it? Um, they're trying to, negotiation, that's the word I'm looking for, um, is, is, is based around price. And the, it's the cheapest job seems to, or cheapest uh, quote seems to get the, get the work. I think that people underestimate what they do and they underrate themselves. What are your thoughts around that? Um, there's only 4% of the population that buy on price. If you make it about price, it'll be about price. 
I'll tell you this. People want it done fast. They want it done right. They want it done for cheap. Pick two out of the three, and here's what you get. Because you never get all three. And, and you know what I'd rather get? I'd rather get quality. I don't want my roof to leak because I took a cheap yeah. roof one time and it leaked. Everything I've done to take shortcuts has failed. So an educated buyer, the problem is you're advertising to cheap customers. If you're on the cheapest advertising sources, they're going to want the cheapest thing if you make it about price. When they ask about price, the first question I would say is this. Let me ask you this. We've got prices for everything. How, how long are you planning on using your air conditioning system? Do you care about bloody noses for the kids and the air quality? Do you care about COVID in the house? Uh, have you ever thought about what happens if, it, if it's a hot summer and your air conditioning goes out? Do you care about the warranty? Do you care about the quality of the company that's coming out? Do you care about people with background checks or do you want rapists coming into your home? And I would never say rapists, but, <laughs> but my point is, if you make it about price, I say, you want your door to be safe, don't you? Yeah, no, you, you, go ahead and get the, you want to get this fixed for a long time and make sure it opens every time you need it. Okay, well, let's make sure that we did the right thing. And uh, if you make it about price, there's a lot of, I could come over price. Let me ask you this. Could you afford for the Taj Mahal brand new door, bulletproof? I'm talking the tank of the door, brand new opener, three quarter horse, belt drive, three, two remotes, a keypad, everything. Surge protector, 100,000 cycle rollers, 100,000 cycle springs. The whole thing. Could you afford 267 bucks a month, same as cash for 12 months? Because I'm pretty sure you could. Yeah. So uh, the price objection is easy to get over, but I feel like a lot of people, it's the only thing they know what to do. Yeah. All my competitors, they think, man, he charges a lot. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I got a brand new building. My guys drive new trucks. They've got health insurance. They've got PTO. Everybody here wants to work here. I didn't lose an employee over COVID. So the difference is, they want to work out of their house. They want to be the cheapest. They want to contract their employees instead of making them real employees. And uh, the 1099 versus W-2. And my whole process is I go out to dinner sometimes and I'll spend 250 bucks. I can go to a cheaper restaurant, mm -hmm. but people are in a line. You got to RSVP to the ones that cost a lot because yeah. they're paying for the experience. They're paying for to know the food's cooked right, that it's coming from the right places That's out of fun. the whole world. So there's a lot of... I just, I, I get upset when I go on Facebook groups and I see all we do is those guys charge a lot. I'm like, well, you guys charge too little. You don't do anything good for anybody. Your wife works for you. Your yeah. kids work for you. You have no real employees. You drive an old truck. So anyways, I kind of yeah. went up on that one, but I hate people that talk about price. Yeah. 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 And I think the, the message there from what I'm hearing, Tommy, is that you're, you're not um, negotiating on the product. You're, you're saying that, you know, you might get it from someone else for a cheaper price, but you're not getting our business. We're, you're not getting the support from us. Well, I've got, I've got every, I've got good, better, best, but I never sell good, better, best. I sell best. Then I could go down to better. Then I could go good. But customers, when you sell, when I told my employees to start selling the best first and then shut up, that's the day every one of them called me and said, Oh my God, I'm out of all the good stuff. And they started realizing people want the good stuff. They want the mm -hmm. best of the best. And you could always go down a price. You can't go up. And, and yeah, I've got something for everybody. If you're going to be flipping your house in, in three months, I could get the springs on there. We carry a, a 10,000 cycle spring, which is the common spring that all my competitors are selling. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. What was the uh, motivation behind you uh, uh, writing your book? Well, at first it was, I had a lot to share. I, I really was like, man, I've made a lot of mistakes. I said, holy cow. If you really think about it, I just said, other people got to hear this story. I mean, I, I would have given this book to myself if I got to read my book, especially coming from my future self, knowing that hiring is so important and online reviews and lead generation and, and the next book is going to be 10 times better, but I cheated because like I said, I've got all these different co-authors in here that are just Alan Rohr and, and just these uh, Jamie DiDomonico to talk about service agreements and just Mark Davis with the CEO of Alpac. I mean, um, um, <laughs> uh, my, yeah, Mike Davis. I said, Mark Davis. I, I knew that I had that wrong. Just everybody in here is just, these guys are 12 co-authors that are the king of everything. I, I took the best of the best and um, I think I kind of cheated by the way, because I literally went and I asked them to write in the book and they all said, yes, they all wrote three or four pages. 
And um, it gave me a reason to stack the deck in my favor, but also learn from them. It gave me a reason to reach out to them. It allowed them to build. And they said, hey, who are you? And I said, I got a pretty small garage company, but we're going to make a big impact in the home service space. And because I had this, this genuine thirst for, for knowledge from them and this admiration, they said, dude, if you're that big of a fan, you're going to throw us in a book. We'll take the time for you to interview us for 15, 20 minutes. And I become all of their very good friends. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Do you, um, I was going to ask you, uh, it's in my mind now. Um, I'm going to have to edit this bit out. Because I just lost my train of thought. Um, hang on. Where was I going with that? I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you, who would you consider to be your biggest mentors? In business and perhaps life you know i i'd say there's there's a lot there's a lot of mentors because i read a lot of books the books i've read are huge you know al levy did a lot for me ken goodrich came in he pointed me ken just had to point in a few directions tell me what to read and do I, i've got to say that i've just become a huge fan of everybody out there that's willing to take the time to teach me stuff um i'm a student like i said is i'll bring a big notebook in <laughs> I've got notes everywhere. I've got 20 of these lying around where I just try to get them from, from, from here to, to Google or, or to Bing or whatever, you know, the uh, Microsoft <laughs> one. But for me, uh, Al Levy was huge for when he came into my life. Now, there's certain people, he helped me out with the org chart, with, with getting everything out of my mind, with really kind of most businesses that are smaller, the entrepreneur is the salesman. He's the guy or she's the guy that, that's going and doing a lot of the work. So I was out of the field when I met Al. I was about 18 million, but he's the one that made me not only profitable, but said, now you could go to 100 without any problem. And then I know once I get to 100, I need somebody like, you know, Ken Goodrich, somebody that's been way past 100 million and they understand the problems I'm looking at now. I'm not looking at the same problems when I was 5 million or 20 million as I'm looking at now going forward. It's a completely different set. And it's actually, interestingly enough, I talked to private equity companies pretty much on a weekly basis. And they said, Tommy, where you're going right now is you're going to have the most fun in your life because to make it through some of those invisible ceilings, basically those glass ceilings that we broke through. It's like now he said, Now's when you start just, you're going to smile more, you're going to laugh more, and you're going to just enjoy this ride because it's about to get fun. And I said, man, I've been having fun this whole time, especially these last couple of years. But if it gets better, hey, count me in. (laughs) (laughs) So what does the end game look like? You know, that's a great question. There's a lot of things I've looked at. Um, There's some different things that uh, I think that people need to understand is, at my position, I've got a couple choices. If I, if I do over 20 million in EBITDA, I can get a really, really good private equity company and make a ton of money and get a good second bite at the apple. Uh, but if I get above 80 million in EBITDA, which I think I could do, then it's more about future earnings and it's about a, a public offering. And there's a lot of different vehicles to do that. But I've got a, my eye on a few and. The fact is I think like this allows me to get to where I want to be. If I didn't think I could get there and I didn't write down the numbers of what I need to do to get to those numbers, actually, here's some chicken scratch I wrote the other day with a TI-83. This is next year. This is a fake number, 292.58 million, because that's without attrition or that's without any uh, people leaving the company. And this is a big, big goal. And, you know, it's my big, hairy, audacious goal, which if I hit half of that, I'd be happy. But the moral of the story is I've got a vision of how to get there. Now I just got to implement it. And the more, the bigger I get, the more focused I can focus on what I love. So as I break through 100 million next year, it's just going to be fun to really be able to focus more and more and more on what I love. And when I get to 100% of what I love, I could still sit under a palm tree with a Mai Tai (laughs) <laughs> and I can still take as much time and travel and see you guys. Yeah. And I know it's good. The bigger I get, the more it runs itself and the more I get to do what I love. So 
And plus I put more and more money away every single month, every single quarter. I buy more investments. I just bought another apartment complex for the technicians. And those are all investments that are just going to make a lot of money in the future. So yeah. I don't have to leave to make money. You see most home service companies, they got to sell to make money. And yeah. that's, I think that's unfortunate, but I thank God that uh, COVID was, I won't say great to us, but the decisions we made through COVID allowed us to really take a one up on the competition. Yeah. You were doing a bit of preempting there as far as uh, seeing something coming, coming and then uh, taking action to avoid it, I suppose. You know, we, we did, we tripled up. We met twice as much during COVID. We had meetings every single day. We were sending emails out. We were communicating. We really took it and we said, let's double down in this. There's only a few times they say in a lifetime that you'll go through the Great Depression. There was a lot of things. You had um, Jimmy Carter and the, the crazy interest rates through the roof. You had uh, the housing crisis, which I lived through in 2008-9. And then we've had COVID. And there's times it's, there, there's one of two things that happen. You either grow like this or you shrink real fast and you go out of business. So luckily we were, we were on this train. And um, the fact that we've made it through and now we're deemed essential makes yeah. us worth a lot more to go through this. I mean, think about it. Movie theaters, restaurants, bars, clothing stores, any merchant type that were go into or you got to go into the buildings. They all they all got hit hard, hard, yeah. hard, 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 hard. Mm -hmm. I mean, factories, everything. So now people are looking at us, especially in this industry, going, all the private equity companies are going, you can get a couple extra multiples on your business, yeah. which is huge. Yeah, yeah. it is. And look, we're, we're just, I'm, I'm sad to say we're just about out of time, but I, I just want to finish off by asking, mate, what's your, your proudest <laughs> moment? Oh, geez. You know, I'll tell you this. When we had our grand opening at this building and we had this whole ice bar made up, and I had all my vendors and employees and everybody just was smiling. And it was like, it's just, it's something special. Ken Goodrich ended up flying out just for this. And he came late at that night and he said, Tommy, stop. He said, just sit right here, smell the air, look around. He said, this is what you built. He said, I want you to live in this moment and cherish this moment. He goes, it gives me the goosebumps. You know, he said, just things are not going to be, it doesn't get much better than this. He goes, cause you're right here at the point of just the success and you got to feel it. And I said, wow, this is pretty cool, man. I said, and thank you for being here to bring that to light because sometimes we don't enjoy the journey. We always are looking for the destination. Yeah. So for me, it's, um, I've had a lot of great moments in my personal life and in my career. And I got to say that that was a really, really special one just to have everybody I love and care about. My sister wasn't here, but she's visited with, with my niece and nephews and, and those little guys, uh, they wrote me a letter the other day that came in the mail. And uh, it's just really nice to be around family and, and friends as much as possible. Yeah. Really. yeah, yeah. And you, you often wrap up your uh, podcast episodes by asking what book you're currently reading. So I mean, yeah, what, what's, yeah. what's, your what's your top three? Okay, here we go. You can, do a, you can do a top 20. <laughs> I'm not, not going to give you guys the, the I love the, the, the e-myth, of course. Um, I'm going to give you guys some different ones. I love how to win friends and influence people, but I'm going to give you guys three. And then this one's what I call the Red Bible, the ultimate sales machine. But forget those right now. These are books that you should read if you want to make changes fast. Uh, Maximum Influence is absolutely amazing. Yep. Kurt Mortison. Um Darren Hardy wrote The Compound Effect. It'll show you how to change your personal life fast. And this is an awesome book I'm reading right now. I'm, so here's what I do to my books. So I go through and they're all marked up, quite a lot of pages. There's check marks and parentheses and different things. And then in the back, I write down all the different page numbers and everything to go back oh, yeah. to yeah. notes. Yeah. So these are three books that... Uh, I gave you six because I couldn't just give you three. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, that's and, cool. You, know, every, you get the same three from everybody. So these are three different yeah. books that yeah, I think yeah. will make a big impact. Well, yeah. that's uh, absolutely brilliant. I've seen that so lot crazy advertised yeah. on the yeah, I get it. It's all over the internet. You know, yeah, there's yeah. a fortune on it. And it's mostly for internet. But I mean, 
Can I just, just real quick, I, I know you guys got stuff going, but if I could just read this one part. Um, oh boy, this is like, it, first it tells you to think like a billionaire. And um, this was just such a cool part if I could find it. But basically he said, she says in here, and this gal's super sharp. It, 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 so I'm just gonna tell you guys what it says cause I can't find the damn page. Um, says sell like a doctor. So, you know, the, the difference is when we ask questions and we learn about the clientele, they take your blood pressure at the doctor, right? Yes. They take your weight, they take your height, they ask you how you're feeling. They find out what's gonna make you feel better. They really do their research. Yeah. You know what it's called when, when you misdiagnose somebody or you do the wrong thing as a doctor? It's called malpractice, you lose your license. Mm -hmm. yeah. If we yeah. thought more about that as home service guys, yeah, I think we'd yeah. go a long way. So th this book has a lot of good stuff. And um, yeah, I love your guys' industry and I really appreciate the time. I know, uh, what time is it there in Australia right now? Uh, it's just about 10 a.m. 10 a.m., yeah. And you'd be about 5.30? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 5.30. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, um, mate, we could talk for days, seriously. We'd love We're to gonna have, have to have you on again. We'd love to have you back on. But before we go, yes. Tommy, before we go, would you please stick around for our next segment, which is called Keeping It Cool on the Hot Seat? Wait, explain that again. Okay. <laughs> We're going to put you in the hot seat. We're going to put you in the hot seat. All right, here we go. Keeping It Cool in the Hot Seat segment. So we just gave uh, Tommy a quick brief and rundown on what this is all about. But for those playing at home, it is about uh, asking some a series of questions and your shortest possible answer, Tommy, would be mostly appreciated. Are you ready to go? I'm ready. Okay, Brad, you can start that. Tom starts now. All right, Tommy, if you were to write an autobiography, what would the title be? Perseverance. Nice. If you could be a superhero, who would that person be? Um, I used to say my dad would probably Superman now because he's the best in Marvel. Awesome. If a song described your work ethic, what would the song be? Tenacity. <laughs> uh, if you're a brand, what would your motto be? A1 from day one. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> if you could sit with a celebrity or famous person for a chat, who would that be? Anybody? Anyone. Anyone. Uh, oh, that's a good one. So either Steve Jobs or Henry Ford. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. When you go on vacation, tell me what's the first thing you pack? Ooh, that's a tough one. You know, I, I very rarely, uh, my sunglasses or my, um, something in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> if Hollywood made a movie about your life, who would you like to play the lead role? Oh, Bad Affleck. Nice. <laughs> um, if you had to choose one meal for the rest of your life, what would that be? It would be a um, mashed potatoes, a medium rare, beautiful charbroiled steak, and and um, probably uh, some type of vegetable other than potatoes as well. Yeah. <laughs> if you had, if you had uh, using a scale of one to ten, rate yourself on your weirdness. Weird, oh, a date. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's hard. Um, if you were the president of the United States, what's the first thing you would change? If I would, yeah, I would, um, well, I would definitely, I would put a lot of end to this talks about socialism. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big time capitalist. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Name one thing everyone looks weird doing. Uh, pooping. <laughs> <laughs> That's really weird. Um, have you ever had a sick day when you weren't really sick? Oh, yeah. Yeah, just a bad hangover. Glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> and we're nearly, nearly there, there, Tommy. If a taxi and a limo were priced the same and sitting in front of you, which one would you get into? Oh, I mean, the limo, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I've been to Vegas. I've had the choice. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Tommy Mello, your porn star name. Oh, um... <laughs> <laughs> oh man this is a tough one um it would be uh 
Nostradamus Balboa. <laughs> <laughs> now that's impressive. That sounds, uh, <laughs> sounds masculine. <laughs> that was fun. Oh, well done, mate. Thank you for well doing that. And um, I really just want to say a, a very, very, very big thank you for coming yeah. on. We sincerely awesome. appreciate your time. We know how busy you are. And, uh, you know, you're doing these things all the time. So uh, we're very grateful for your time to come on today. Hey, you guys are awesome. I had fun. You guys are a ball of fun. Uh, hey, are you guys coming to the States anytime soon? Oh, I would love to. When those borders are when, lifted, when yes. over. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get this through. Let's make some plans. Let me know. Yeah. Yeah, I want to come and see your business. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love that. Seriously. Yeah. A lot of people say they will. They never do. And it's a mistake. Yeah. If you guys come out here, I'll, I'll arrange for you guys to sit down with, with another five awesome business owners. So oh, yeah, it'll be, be awesome. fun. Yeah. And mate, uh, for our listeners' sake, now um, the podcast is Home Service Expert, of course. You can download that from anywhere. The book is Home Better Service. Listen to it. It's great. Oh, it is sensational. And the, 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 the caliber of guests that you have on there, we, we could only aspire to, to have some of those on there. We're starting to get there. Al Levy's coming on, by the way. So listen out. Oh, good. Good. He's fun. He's and a good I, guy. I heard you, the last podcast you had Chris Hunter on. He came, oh, yeah. on, yeah. he came yeah. on a few, few months ago. Yep. He's a good exactly. guy. Yeah. Homeservicemillionaire.com is the place to go. Am I right, Tommy? Yeah, you go to homeservicemillionaire.com. Uh, you go forward slash free, and it's like nine bucks. You just cover the shipping and handling. You know how that works. But I don't make any money on that. The best place to go is Audible. Yeah. Audible, because yeah. I, I voice it myself, and um, I tell some funny stories that aren't in the book on the Audible. So. Yeah, Plus, you can right. speed it up. So yeah, yeah. that's right. And, that and there's a lot of there's a oh, lot of information in that book. Look, there's no excuses uh, to not not read now when you've got Audible playing in your ear. You can listen to it on the way home and uh, way, on the way to work. So no excuses. Pick it up. Home service millionaire is an awesome read. Tommy, thank you again, mate. Hey, thank you guys. Really appreciate it. Had yeah. a blast. All right. Awesome, mate. Okay, we'll, guys. Uh, I'd like to speak again soon. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, I'd love to get you guys on mine too. I. I think this is great. I just love meeting new people. And this is why I do this stuff yeah. is to make acquaintances all over the world. This is yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah amazing. Awesome. Guys, thanks all again right. for listening. And uh, we would encourage you to jump on to airconditionpodcast.com. Check us out on social media, subscribe, all that sort of jazz. But Brad, until the next episode. Hey, Ruth. Catch you guys. <laughs> That's all for this episode of the Air Conditioning Podcast. Be sure to stop by at airconditioningpodcast.com to connect with us, as well as on Facebook and Twitter, and join in the conversation. Until next time, stay tuned, stay positive, and stay cool.